Hello, it's Cordelia. I am super excited to get into this series. This Today's episode is part one of the two-part series that I'm doing on boundaries. Just finished up two-part series on codependency, so this ties in super nicely with that, and I'm really looking forward to it. Before we get into the show, I wanted to make a couple announcements. First, my workbook is out worldwide. There is a print version and ebook version available. It is called Let's Heal Together, the Breakup Edition. It's 98 pages. It's for anybody who is going through a breakup or a divorce. Second announcement, I started a Zoom book club and also a Zoom community hangout. I'll put the details in the show notes and go into a little bit more detail at the end of the show. But if you're looking for some community, if you're wanting to connect, if you're wanting to get together and talk, these are two options for you that are available. And I'm really looking forward to meeting with you guys and Zooming with you guys. All right, let's get into it and let's get healing, friends. All right, I'm super excited to do this episode about boundaries. So this first episode is just going to be, we're going to be digging in, exploring what boundaries are, where they come from, and really just like all the basics. And then this next episode, we're going to go a little deeper and get into some tips and strategies on implementing boundaries and digging into examples and things like that. So today is going to be a nice overview. And then next Monday, we're going to go a little bit deeper with it. So I decided to do this series after the two-part series that we just finished up on codependency, because if you are struggling with codependency, this boundaries tie in so well with that, because most people who have codependent codependency tendencies also struggle with setting boundaries. So I wanted to start at like the very beginning, the very most basic kind of thing that we can look at. Because I think, honestly, a lot of times we take for granted that we know what all these words mean. So. I mean, honestly, how often, slash, if ever, have you been talking to somebody about boundaries and anybody's actually defined it? So it might seem silly. You might be like, Cordelia, girl, we know what boundaries are. You know, you don't have to do this. But I think it's really important. So I'm just going to go with it. So what are boundaries? This was my favorite definition that I found. It is a set of limits over your physical and emotional well-being, which you expect 
others to respect in their relationship with you. Now, another definition and explanation that I found that I like, this is from the book called Boundaries by Townsend and and Cloud. They said, boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. The boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. I also like this little illustration they gave in that same book. They say, we need to keep things that will nurture us inside our fences and keep things that will harm us outside. So I started kind of researching and digging into, you know, for people who do struggle with setting boundaries, where does that come from? Like, And I think a lot of the answers, honestly, could likely be found in my codependency series about where does codependency come from? So I'm not going to go into a huge explanation because I feel like You can always just revisit that episode. But I did want to get into one big thing that kept coming up. And that was the topic of enmeshment. So that is, that term is used to kind of describe a relationship between two or more people in which which personal boundaries are permeable and unclear. So this happens on kind of an emotional level and Two people, quote unquote, feel each other's emotions. So when one person gets mad, the other person gets mad. When one person gets sad, the other person gets sad. A good example is like a teenager getting depressed and then their mom and dad get depressed. So when a family experiences this enmeshment and they are enmeshed, there's an expectation that child or the children are going to develop and adhere to the same kind of belief system as their parents. There's typically pressure for the kids to meet certain expectations by their parents. Some of that could be a career or a hobby or something along those lines. But another central thing would be a parental expectation that the family unit is the entire center of the child or children's life. So children from enmeshed families are discouraged from having a life outside the family. And then they might face a lot of pressure to make that family unit the number one priority. So I just brought that up here as that came up a lot in my research in terms of people who struggle with setting boundaries may have come from a family structure, a family of origin like this. And also for anybody who is a parent out there that's listening, that's something that you might be repeating now. And so it's just something to keep in mind as you work on setting boundaries, you know, as you strive to be a cycle breaker and break those toxic cycles that maybe have been existing in your family for generations and generations. So that's my little tidbit that I threw in here. Another kind of visual ex- explanation that I really liked um, 
this is again, this is from John Townsend, who's one of the authors of that book that I mentioned, Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life. So I've seen like several videos and podcasts and stuff that he's done. So this, this isn't from his book. It's from uh, some podcast that I listened to that he was on. And honestly, I don't remember what podcast he was on, but he kind of set up talking about boundaries by explaining, hey, like, think about your house. You know, all of our houses have a property line or even if you live in an apartment. So in an apartment, it would be the wall that divides your apartment from your neighbor's apartment. And in your house, it's wherever that that line is that your county or city or wherever has determined, Okay, that's your property line. That's where your property ends and the other person's. And in the example he used, he talked about, you know, if your plumbing system messes up, that's going to be your problem. If your neighbor's house or your neighbor's apartment gets a plumbing problem, I mean, you can support them, but ultimately that's their problem. That's not your problem. And so he gave that example of, Okay, boundaries, it was a visual, for people who are kind of visual learners, think about it like that and think about it as like, okay, this is everything I'm responsible for that's within my boundary or my property line. Another example that came to my mind when I listened to that podcast was I started thinking about, you know, people who do have a house or whatever and you've got trees and a tree falls. Neighbors are always trying to determine, like, well, is it my responsibility or their responsibility? And, it, you know, especially those trees that fall right on the line. Um, so those are just some good visual examples to think about a boundary being, like, this line that you draw on the sand that's determining, okay, everything on this side is mine and everything over there is, that's going to be their responsibility. So what are boundaries all about? What do they come down to? They are about focusing on ourselves. It's an active self-care is what it is. And it's teaching others how to treat you. So if we don't have boundaries with people, you're going to lose yourself because you're basically just going to absorb and become what this other person needs you to be. Boundaries also protect our feelings and they protect our values. So since it has a lot to do with our values and our belief system, I thought this was going to, this would be a good point to stop and talk about some legitimate rights that you have as a human being that so many people, including myself, lose sight of. And that's can be a really huge problem when it comes to setting boundaries. So just for starters, this is from a workbook that I love. It's called the Dialectical Behavior Therapy Skills Workbook, Practical DBT Exercises for Learning Mindfulness, Interpersonal Effectiveness, Emotion Regulation, and Distress Tolerance. It's by Matthew McKay, PhD. 
Jeffrey Wood, Society, and Jeffrey Brantley, MD. So great wor- workbook if anybody is looking for a a workbook. Um, they aren't paying me to say that or anything. It's just genuinely a good workbook. So I'm just going to read to you from this workbook. It starts on page 201. And they write, many people grow up in their families and their families invalidate their needs. And all their lives, they're too afraid to ask for things. As if they were bad or undeserving. As if their feelings and pain had no importance. And they also wrote, Do you deserve to ask for things? Do you dare trouble people with your needs? Are you allowed to disappoint, to annoy, to push people? To make an effort on your behalf? The answer is yes. You're a human being who feels, who yearns for things, who hurts, who struggles, and you are entitled to be heard. They put this amazing list. It's 14 different legitimate rights. I'm going to read these. This is on page 202 of their workbook, and I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. You have a right to need things from others. You have a right to put yourself first sometimes. You have a right to feel and express your emotions or your pain. You have the right to be the final judge of your belief and accept them as legitimate. You have the right to your opinions and convictions. You have the right to your experience, even if it's different from that of other people. You have the right to protest any treatment or criticism that feels bad to you. You have the right to negotiate for change. You have the right to ask for help, emotional support, or anything else you need, even though you may not always get it. You have the right to say no. Saying no does not make you, fe- make you bad or selfish. You have the right not to justify yourself to others. You have the right not to take responsibility for somebody else's problem. You have the right to choose not to respond to a situation. And you have a right sometimes to inconvenience or disappoint others. I thought those were just so powerful and so important as we shift into determining what boundaries need to be. Now I want to talk about the types of boundaries that there are. So I've seen this set up a lot of different ways. I've seen some people call them internal, external. But I really, really like the way that this is set up. So this is how I'm going to set forth what the boundaries are. There are six types. Physical, emotional, material, intellectual, sexual, and time. So let's just go one by one. One, physical. This refers to your physical space and your touch, physical touch. So healthy examples is just thinking about awareness of what's appropriate and what's not in various settings, including in various different kinds of relationships. So hugging. That's acceptable in some, maybe. 
maybe not. Some people do not like to be hugged. Shaking hands, kissing. Some examples of when you could be violated. Your physical boundaries could be violated. Remember, this could be your space or your touch. So if someone touches you when you don't want them to, or if somebody, for example, goes through your bedroom, that's somebody invading your physical space. Number two type of boundary, emotional. So this is going to refer to a person's feelings. The healthy example is somebody who gradually shares personal information during the development of a relationship, as opposed to just like blurting out everything the second, like you're on a first date and you just tell the person everything in the world about you. So examples of how your this could be violated, an emotional boundary could be violated. Somebody criticizes you, belittles you, and invalidates your feelings. Third type of boundary, material. This refers to money and possessions. Healthy examples. So it might be appropriate for you to lend your car to a family member. On the flip side, probably not going to be appropriate for you to just lend your car to a stranger that you met an hour ago. So what's an example of how your material, how you could have this boundary violated, a material boundary violated? Somebody steals or damages your possessions or property. Or somebody gives you pressure to lend them or give you some of your material possessions. Fourth type of boundary, intellectual, thoughts or ideas. So what's healthy? Respect for others' ideas and awareness of appropriate discussion. So like, should I even be talking about politics right now? Or like, you know, should I just be talking about a different topic? How is how can my intellectual boundaries be violated? So if somebody dismisses or belittles my thoughts or ideas. Number five, sexual boundaries. So this refers to emotional, intellectual, and physical aspects of sexuality. Healthy example, mutual understanding and respect of limitations and desires between sexual partners. How could I have my sexual boundaries violated? It could be unwanted sexual touch, pressure to engage in sexual act. Maybe somebody's leering at me or, you know, looking at me and it's in a sexual way and it's making me feel uncomfortable. Maybe somebody's making sexual comments and it's making me really uncomfortable. Number six, time. So this refers to how a person uses their time. A healthy example is going to be you set enough time and kind of balance your life. So there's time in your day for work, relationship, and hobby. So it's not just like all of one thing. How could this be violated? When another person demands too much of your time. So those are kind of the six 
breakdowns of the type types of boundaries. Good for you to know. It's good for you to think about in terms of evaluating your own relationships and thinking where where you could improve in some of these areas. So the most important thing that I want you to remember as we continue through this series is it doesn't make you a bad person to have boundaries. Like good, awesome, amazing people set boundaries. Generous people set boundaries. Boundaries, they're not just for you. Like they help other people grow as well. But by setting boundaries, it's just important to note that we also aren't enabling these other people. And we're teaching people that they have autonomy in their own lives. Like they are in control of their thoughts, their feelings, their life. I'm not in control of that. And that's a really important lesson. Another important thing about setting boundaries, it really does increase your self-esteem and your self-respect. And it also garners kind of more respect from other people as well. So this is really important in my opinion because I never really realized like the correlation or what I was doing to kind of set myself up in by not having boundaries. I think the last thing that I want to say for today's episode, and remember, I'm going to continue this series next Monday. Um, but the last thing I want to say is I really struggled with setting boundaries for so long, I never really even gave much thought to it. And a lot of this stemmed from a lot of the like distorted cognitive distortions that I had about my own self. So I had this way of thinking where I would think, okay, so if I enforce this boundary, if I speak up for myself, if I put out there what I need, then they won't need me anymore. If I do this, like if I speak up for myself, if I set this need, what if they dump me? Like what if they don't want to be with me anymore? What if they don't want to be my friend anymore? And it's like I didn't realize by doing those things, first of all, like listen, friend, they, by thinking like that, like, oh, they won't need me. They might dump me. I'm already, like, dumping myself by not speaking up for myself. I'm already, like, saying I don't even need myself. So, I mean, if I would have just stopped worrying about losing this other pe- person or, like, what if this happens or what if that happens, I would have realized that I was already hurting myself I was already abandoning myself and that is all that matters like somebody else abandoning me doesn't matter but me abandoning myself is super super important and that's directly tied to my self-worth my self-esteem and everything and the other thing is if you're thinking these thoughts if you're struggling setting boundaries and you're thinking well they might not need me or they might dump me or they might do this or they might do that like you're so worried about somebody else. You're so worried about everybody but yourself. And that's 
I mean, that's the problem. You're completely just losing yourself. You're just becoming whatever the other person needs you to be. You're just saying, like, you're throwing that boundary out the window. You're throwing that value out the window. You're throwing yourself out the window. And you're just becoming whatever you think will keep this person around. And it, again, like, I think this ties in so much with codependency because you're giving yourself this illusion of control, this idea that, oh, if I just, you know, well, if I don't speak up for myself here, then I can keep them in my life. And it's like, look, relationships end all the time. Friendships end all the time. People get mad all the time. Like, you can't be this perfect version that somebody wants you to be. It's not, it doesn't exist and it's not possible. And the second you realize that, you can actually start setting boundaries for yourself because you realize, like, the only thing you can control is yourself your reactions your uh, how you handle yourself how you conduct yourself and so the most important important place to start with all of this is just recognizing how important those things are how important those thoughts are so that's how I kind of wanted to wrap up today's episode next episode so again new podcast episode drops every single Monday there is one more section of this series on boundaries and that's going to get into really the nitty-gritty of like setting boundaries and questions to ask yourself, tips on setting boundaries. So today was kind of the overview and the big picture and next episode we're just going to kind of dive right in. Um, the last thing I just wanted to give a few more details. So again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I wrote a workbook. It is called Let's Heal Together, the workbook, the breakup edition. It is available worldwide. It is 98 pages and it, there's a print edition and then there's also an ebook edition. So whichever you prefer, I mean, if you get the ebook method, you can always, even though it's a workbook, a lot of it is like questions and things like that. And you can always just like write it out on a sheet of paper. Or my print version came this week and it, it's so awesome. It looks so great. and I'm so excited about it. Um, so I would totally appreciate it if you guys would support me. It, obviously, if you're going through a breakup or divorce or if you know anybody who's going through one, I would love it if you sent them the link. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. As always, the citations for everything from today is in the show notes as well. Um, the ebook is $12.99 and then the print version is $16.99. I'm so excited. I plan to do more workbooks on all kinds of topics, um, as I've talked about before, but this is just the first one. And I'm really, really excited, guys. Like, I've never, I've all, I've always liked to write and I've always wanted to publish a book and so I can't even believe that you know that's something that I did and it's incredible and it's amazing. Okay the last thing last announcement is I started so originally it was just going to be a book club but I actually had some people reach out and 
they were like, hey, I actually, like, I'm not a big reader, but I really wanted to get involved in the community. So I made two different clubs. You can be in both. You could be in one. You could be in none. <laughs> Whichever you want to do. Um, but there is a Zoom book club, a monthly book club. So once a month, we will meet and we will talk about the book for that month. So our first meeting for the Zoom book club is November 8th at 11 a.m. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to sign up. It's $3 a month if you do that. And I have the dates for like December and January set out too. Um, If you just want to do the community hangout, the the first meeting is October 25th at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'll put that in the show notes. The monthly community hangout is $3 a month as well. So if you do both of them, it would be $6 a month. Or if you just did one, it would just be three. Um, It's really cool. I've gotten responses from like all over the world. I'm super excited. I'm going to be in the Zoom hangouts as well. So you'll get to hang out with me and you'll get to chat with me. But you'll also get to meet with all the other people in the community. If you don't follow me on Instagram and if you like this content, I encourage you to check out my page. It's at Codependent Recovery. As always, I have loved hanging out with you guys. New episode every Monday. I hope you have an amazing week. And I look forward to seeing you soon, friends.